0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose, I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen, here's this week's message. You look good today. You look good, some of you, now Now your wives know that you can actually fit into something. Come on then, you're gonna, now you're going to have to do it, so um, I'm glad that you're here and you do look good. Everybody at Church Online, I'm honored to uh, meet you wherever you are uh, around uh, our area or around the state. Let me just tell you, when you're ready, we're ready for you. I'd love to see you back in church. It'd be our honor to welcome you into a live service, just nothing like being in the room. I always say it's like a campfire or, or, or a fire pit. We don't have a fireplace in our house, but on Christmas, we always put one on the TV, you know what I mean? And it's got the little crackling noise. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? And- but that, that's just not the same as sitting around a fireplace. You understand what I'm saying? And it's the same thing. It's okay on your TV. It's just not the same as sitting around the fire together. And I'm just so glad that you're here. Why don't you reach for that uh, response card you found in your seat right there? If you're at church online, you can find this in the notes there. Everybody in the room has one of these, and I want everybody to look at it. Come on, everybody, everybody. I know you say, I've been here a long time, or uh, we're members here, but... Uh, there's only a couple of times every year where all of you come to church on the same day, and this is it. <laughs> so, so it's really good for us uh, to just hear from you. Now, I want to walk you through a couple of things on this, and then I'll get right into the message. The front side is for everybody to fill out, whether you've been here uh, five years or whether this is your first time in church. I'd love to, to just get to meet you again if you've been here a long time, it's easy for us to keep up with you and pastor you well if you'll fill this response card out. For those of you here for the very first time, you can select that there. I'm there for the first time. This is my first time being at City Hills. And if you'll do that, I'll promise you again, nobody comes to see you. We send you one letter this week from me. Just say thanks for coming to church. And then the bottom of that is a prayer request. And I want you to know how serious our teams are. Uh, we have a, we have multiple prayer teams in our church. Matter of fact, there's a prayer team that's covering me right now. As I preach to you, they pray for me, and they pray for your needs every single day. And, and I, I, we, I see those. I see the team praying for them and talking about and following. it. And it would be our honor. You're in a church today that believes God can do Anything. Say amen to that, everybody. He can do anything, and so if you need God to move in your life, it'd be our honor to pray for you. You can fill that out uh, over the course of the next few moments. Now turn it over in the back, and this is what I really, really, really enjoy. We've done this every year uh, of our church. We're only four and a half years old, but every year we do a, an annual Easter survey, and it really does kind of give us a glimpse into what what is on your heart. You know, one of the things I get to do as a pastor. Is I get to walk you systematically throughout the year through God's Word. And I always wanna make sure that I'm hearing from the Lord. I do that, that's my job. But I also wanna hear from you. And this is a great way for you to say, you know what, I really like to hear a message about this, or man, this is really on my heart, or I've never heard anyone talk about this. And so we ask it like this the greatest areas of stress that maybe you experience somebody in the first service just wrote an arrow beside it I guess I mean their husband <laughs> they don't want to write his name you know just him that that's my greatest area of stress like I actually want to hear from you and then and then what are the what are the greatest barriers to, to people knowing God maybe you could answer that for me as well and our team puts this together we put this in a reports for me to be able to Really think about in our teaching team about how can I make sure that I'm addressing the things that God is talking to you about. And then the third thing on the bottom, there's three there, one, two. Number three is about next steps. I don't want you to fill that out. I want you to do that after the service. I'll bring your attention back to this number three on the card, and we'll all fill that out together. All right? That's kind of like school. It's kind of a time deal, so i got to preach to you, and I don't want you looking down, filling it out. So look up here at me, and over the course of the next couple of moments while I'm preaching, I don't know if you're taking notes or filling that out, so you can do that there. But I'm glad you're in church today, and I love uh, Easter at City Hills Church. I love this church. I love this church for a lot of different reasons. I always say I would come to church here, even if I didn't work here, usually for the worship, because those guys killed it. Come on, everybody. Those guys are amazing. I'd come here for the people I love the people here this is a unique bunch I love this church I love the diversity of our church it's a multi-generational multi-ethnic church it looks like heaven ought to look amen everybody I love that and uh, I, I, when you look around I look around find some people just let look at them just kind of look at see, see all the different kind of faces and this is always this is situational awareness in case you find a weirdo like <laughs> this is you know you can point them out and figure out okay you're the one you're the weirdo and I, uh, I, 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 I love this church because everybody's so different. Uh, there are people that come to church here with suits on every Sunday. I love that. I, I grew up in church and wore a suit every Sunday, and I outgrew them. <laughs> no, anyways, I outgrew all the suits I had. And, and, then, and then there are people that come to church here with tattoos everywhere. I love y'all. I love that. And uh, Some tattoos you don't need to show. Some you can just tell us about, okay? You don't have to show it to us, and I love that. I love people. Who's, we're all the chocolate lovers. Come on, all the chocolate. We like to, yeah, these are called saved people. Saved people. Where's all the vanilla lovers? Vanilla ice cream. Where's the the lost people? There you are. There you are. Easy to identify. (laughs) All the meat eaters. Come on, it's Texas. We're all the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then and they are vegans, but you don't have to raise your hands. We all know, yeah. It's like belonging to CrossFit, you know what I mean? Like, everybody knows. You don't have to tell anybody you're a vegan. We know. We know. Gasly, we know. Everybody knows. People who can sing, people on the team who can sing, and then people who can't sing. I sit by some of y'all. Okay can sing, and I love that, I love people who can dance, come on, I love all the, pe- there are people here who can dance, and, and then there's white people, they're all of us, and <laughs> there's people who can dance, and then there's us, and um, I like, we're, we're, we're everybody who likes to vacation at the beach, where's all the beach people at? Oh, yeah, yeah, y'all barely wear clothes in the summer, and, where's all the mountain people at, where, yeah, oh, yeah, they got beards, even the women, some of them. love them. them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How many of y'all like to vacation just wherever your in-laws are paying? Come on somebody. Like, yeah, that's the one I like. That's my favorite. All the dog lovers where all the dog people at? Oh yeah. I'm not even asking cat people I can't handle it today. I just, I can't do it today. Everybody's so different. Everybody comes from different places. Everybody gets here a different way. Everybody has a lot of different things about them. But you know what? There's a lot of things we have in common. There's there's actually one thing I think everybody in the room has in common. I think everybody in church has this one thing in common. And that is everybody's afraid of something. Everybody's scared of something. I, I, I know some of you tough guys say, no, Pastor, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm, I'm you know, Texas. Oh, yeah. No, you're afraid of something. Everybody's afraid of something. I, I read this story about this little boy who asked his daddy, he said, Daddy, are you afraid of dragons? Daddy said, no, son, absolutely not. He said, you're afraid of spiders? Absolutely not, son. No, no you're afraid of snakes? Abso- no, absolutely not. Little boy scratched his head. He said, so you're just afraid of mama, huh? I that's, said, that's Everybody's afraid of something. Are you with me? Everybody's afraid of somebody. <laughs> Everybody's afraid of something. I'm, I'm afraid of snakes. We had a snake in our garage a couple of weeks ago, and they called me. I wasn't at home, and and someone was there with our children. They called, so they called a snake in your garage. and then And then the thing they always tell you after they said they called a snake is, but it wasn't a very, wasn't a very big one. And then they say, oh, this one's not, poisonous. Look at my eyes. All snakes are poisonous. You hear me? All snakes. Every snake I've ever found are copper-headed rattle moccasins. All of them. All of them. All of them will kill you. No such thing as a good snake. That's a lie. Scared of snakes. Scared of spiders. This morning on the way to church or as we were getting ready to go to church, we're feeding the dog outside my kids and My little girl picked up the water bowl and spider ran out and she screamed and threw water everywhere. Everybody's afraid of something. And listen, I think everybody here today is afraid of the same thing. I think there is one fear that everybody has in common. Now listen close. Here's what I think it is. I think all of us are either there today or at some point in your life have had anxiety about being stuck. Let me say it better this way. I think everybody is afraid of what won't change i think there i think there are people in the room today and at a church online i think everybody at easter has the same fear and that is what if it will always be this way write this in your notes what do you fear will never change in your life what do you fear will never change in your life What's the thing in your life that you feel like, man, I don't know if this is ever going to change. I don't know if this is ever going to go back. Maybe it's school. I feel like I'm stuck in school and I'm never going to get out. I feel like I'm stuck on my job and it's never going to be better. I feel like I'm stuck in my relationship. I feel like this is just the marriage I'm going to have. It's rocky. It's bad. I'm not happy, but it's what we have. Maybe you feel stuck in a health problem always going to be battling this. Doesn't matter how much medication I take. Doesn't matter how many doctor's appointments I go to. I feel like I'm always going to be stuck. I feel like I'm always going to battle depression. I don't feel like I can ever get out. I've read the books, gone to the counseling, prayed and prayed and prayed, and I just don't know if this will ever change. Some people are scared that Their families aren't ever going to be any better. It's always going to be drama. It's always going to be this way. I I don't know why I was born into this family, but it's just always this way. Some people are afraid you're never going to heal from a broken heart. I guess things will always be this way. I think it's the biggest fear that everybody has that their life is like living in a soap opera. Like everything just keeps going and it doesn't matter when you pick up, it's all the same thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever turn on Grey's Anatomy and it's the same people as ten years ago on Grey's Anatomy? But you remember watching when they died on Grey's Anatomy and you don't know how they came back to life? <laughs> like it's a Grey's Anatomy Easter miracle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how did this happen? And some people, listen, some people believe their lives. I think everybody at some point in your life feels like, I've seen this before. I've seen this show. This is the same story I've had all my life, and I don't know if it ever change. I don't know if I'll ever be healed or whole. I don't know if our family will ever really come together. I don't know if my marriage will ever really be healed. I don't know if I'll ever really be happy. I don't know if joy will ever... I think everybody at some point, is afraid of being stuck. And here's the good news about Easter Sunday. I'll give you the punchline, and then I'll preach to you for just a moment. The good news is that Easter Sunday provides the greatest event in human history. And if it's true, and it is, that Jesus rose from the dead, look at me, it changes everything. I said, if it's true that Jesus was crucified, and he was, and that he was buried, and he was, and he spent three days and three nights in hell, and the Bible said he did. While he was there, he was taking back all of the stuff you thought would never change. And he walked out of the grave, and he did on Easter Sunday. And in his hands, he held the keys to your happiness and your joy and your healing and your fulfillment. And it changes... Everything. Say amen to that. Uh, The the truth of the matter is Christianity is not built about the teachings of Jesus. Those are important, but that's not what Christianity is built on. Christianity isn't built on the miracles of Jesus. It's not a celebration of the miracles of Jesus. Those are important, but it's not what it's built on. Christianity, unlike every other world religion, is built on one event, And had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus, there would be no Christianity. There would be good teaching. There would be good miracles, but there would be no Christianity. Because Christianity without the resurrection is like a Tom Brady football. Come on, everybody. It's deflated. Are you with me? (laughs) Y'all robbed my saints out of that. I'm not letting that go. Christianity without... The resurrection is powerless. But Christianity today with the resurrection changes everything. If you came to church today thinking, I don't know if this will ever change. I have good news. Everything can change. I'll give it to you from a story from the life of Jesus. Jesus would spend a whole lot of time walking from city to city everywhere He went, he would heal and touch and deliver and teach. And it was an amazing thing to follow him. And there's a story in the book of Mark. Mark, I love in the New Testament. If you're new to the Bible, starting in Mark's great because Mark is a man's man. Mark always summarizes the story. So if you read it somewhere else in the New Testament, you'll get a whole lot more detail. But Mark is the kind of guy that comes home from work after 12 hours and his wife says, How was it? And he goes, It's good. And that's all. Any of those men in the room today? All of us. All of you think that way. Mark does that. He just sort of, he summarizes all of the the miracles of Jesus. Now, here's what's important. So if Mark writes it down, it's really, really, really important. Like if Mark mentions the detail, it's a really big detail. And he mentions a few details in this story. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in Mark 10. If you don't, no worries. You can look on the screen above my head. Mark 10 and verse 46 says, then they came to Jericho. That's Jesus and his disciples. And as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd, Jesus had already been ministering to a lot of people. It had already been a big day. It had already been a big service. They were leaving Jericho. Let me pause here and tell you. There are so many people who feel like Jesus just passed them by. I meet people all the time who feel like I miss my opportunity. I miss my chance. Man, I wish I would have been here a year ago. I wish I would have done this five years ago. I wish I still would have my marriage today if I would have heard this two years ago. I still would have my family today if I would have known that. I wish I wouldn't have lived this long, but maybe I've waited too long and Jesus has passed me by. Maybe it's just too far gone and maybe nothing's ever going to change. And so Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho and a blind man named Bartimaeus. That is, every time you see the word bar in the New Testament, it means son of. So Bartimaeus is the son of Timaeus. Why would Mark include who his daddy was? Listen close. I think it's because a lot of people cannot just identify with problems. They identify with problems that I inherited. I got anger problems because my daddy did, been an alcoholic because my mama was. I've always struggled with my temper because my granddaddy struggled with his temper and beat my grandmama. Where I come from is really not the right side of the tracks. I I come from the other side. I, I was actually, the true story, I was born in southeast Arkansas, eastern Arkansas. Not a lot of people from eastern Arkansas like me. And I know what it's like to think, well, I didn't come from the right place and the right town and the right lineage, and have the right people, and have the right, and 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 Mark said, hey, just so you know, now, I don't know Timaeus' story, but I kind of feel like it was important for everybody to know, oh, it's that Bartimaeus. It's that guy who comes from Timaeus. You remember Timaeus, the town drunk, the problem, the You remember Timaeus, the one who left his family. You remember that family who has all those issues. You remember that one who walked away from God. You remember that family. That's the son I'm talking about. So it's not bad enough that I'm blind. Now i got to be his son. And he's on the side of the road, the Bible said, sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, And he began to shout. Underline those two things. He heard and he shouted. He heard and he shouted. Sometimes when one area of your life is hurting, the other areas are more sensitive. There's some people who came to church on Easter Sunday and there's one area of your life that's hurting. And it's amazing what you're feeling right now because the other areas of your life are more heightened to the presence of God. And even though your marriage may be broken, your spirit, in your, right now while you sit here, you think, man, I don't know what I feel, but I think I feel something. And Bartimaeus said, I can't see him, but I heard it was Jesus. And he started shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. You ever been to a church like that where everybody points their finger and says, oh, yeah, I know you. Oh yeah, oh, I've seen you come to Easter before. Oh yeah, I, 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 oh yeah, I know what that's like. Oh yeah, it, it won't last. It won't you won't make it. Oh I've seen you talk this way before. It, 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 it'll go away. It won't last. Just sit down, shut up and and let Jesus keep going by. You, you're, I know you. And they told him, hey, that you, this isn't for you. You don't fit here. You don't qualify here. Just be quiet. And I love what Bartimaeus, the Bible said, he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said. If you don't hear anything else I'm saying today, I want you to hear this. Jesus stopped for you. Jesus stopped for you. He stopped wherever he was going and whatever he was doing to hear from Bartimaeus, and he'll stop for you. And he said to them, call, call him. And so they called him to the blind men. And here's what they said. They said, cheer up. I love this. The same people who a moment ago told me to shut up are now telling me to cheer up. Church people, anyways. <laughs> cheer up. On your feet. He's calling you. Bartimaeus throws his cloak aside. I love that. Can't see nothing. Blind as a bat. He says, if I'm going to go see him, I'm not going to see him wearing this. (laughs) He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Probably the most interesting passage in the New Testament, in my opinion, is what comes next. Jesus looks at him and he says, what do you want me to do for you? This is one of those moments when I read the Bible. I don't know if you find humor in the Bible. I always do. Because when I read this passage, I see all this hurt and all this pain and all this stuff that you think never going to change. And I don't know how it's ever going to get any better. And he's a blind guy and he's a beggar and he's been on the side of the road and he's come from the wrong family. And then Jesus looks and he finally gets a shot in front of Jesus. And Jesus says, what? Well, you won't. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could... Uh, I don't know. Are there like three wishes? What, I mean, what do I get here? Is this like a genie? What, I mean, I, I don't know how this works. And I could see him kind of contemplating in his mind. Well, I mean, I, the lottery would be great or Powerball. I mean, I, anything like that. But, but I tell you what, I really like. The blind man said, Rabbi, I got this one thing I didn't think would ever change. I got this one thing that I'm worried that I'm always going to be. I got this one thing that's nagging in my life that all this other stuff would be great. I'd love to have a house. Uh, I'd love to have a family and have kids. Uh, I'd love to be able to settle down with somebody and build a life. I'd love to have a job so I didn't have to beg for money and food. I'd love all of that stuff, but honestly, I just want to see. Go, Jesus says. Your faith has healed you. And immediately the Bible said he received his sight. and followed Jesus. On the road. I'm going to give you five lessons from a blind beggar. <laughs> if you're in church today, if you're at church online, if you're at Easter at City Hills and you think, I don't know if this is ever going to change. I don't know if this part of my life is ever going to get any better. I think I'm always going to be stuck here. I want to give you some hope today from a blind beggar on the side of the road and some things you'd need to do today to take a next step. Number one, don't wait for the perfect condition. Jesus is on his way out of Jericho. Bartimaeus could have clearly said, you know what, I missed it. He'll be back around. I'm sure he'll be here next time. Next time he comes, I'm going to jump right in, I promise, but I just missed this one and, 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 and I, I this Easter' is a good Easter but man I don't know I'm not ready today I prom, next Easter I'm gonna come back I'm coming back I'm coming back maybe over the summer you know when things get settled down I'm able to kind of just I tell you what when school starts back in the fall I'm going all in and so many people wait for their lives to get perfect before they get to God. look at me so many people wait to get good before they get to God but you don't have to get good to get to God you get to God and He makes everything good. You don't have to clean up anything. You don't, have to, you don't have to clarify anything. You don't have to explain anything. You don't have to get... Somebody said one time, Pastor, I, I'm going to commit when I get my ducks in a row. Your ducks can fly around all around your head. <laughs> you got to get none of those bad boys lined up. All you got to do is come to Jesus. So many times I wait for the perfect condition. I'm on the five-year plan to start my diet every Monday. As I adjust my coat, I'm just waiting for the perfect conditions, man. If it just if it just gets just right, I'm gonna do it. I, if, they, if they if they if they if they bring back the Tootsie Rolls at Planet Fitness, I'm going. Come on, somebody, like, I'll just, I'll get I'll I'll get right it's just as soon as I can get it together. And so many people wait for their lives to get right to come to God. But if you're blind and a beggar, at some point you're going to have to say, "This is my chance." And Easter today, listen close. If it's nothing else. It's your chance. It's your chance to say, I don't have it all together, but Jesus is passing by. Number two, you got to concentrate on what you do have. This past 15, 18 months has been so hurtful for so many people and we've lost so much. We've lost maybe your job or you've lost maybe relationships or it's so polarizing. You think, man, I have lost so much. And I meet people all of the time who focus on what's what walked out on them instead of who's walking into them. And I meet people all the time who focus on all the loss of their life and not what they still have, and at some point, listen close, you're going to have to focus on what's left, not what left. You didn't catch that. I'll say it again. At some point, if you're going to actually experience a life change, you're going to have to focus on what you have left, not what left. Well, why did they leave? Well, why did I lose that job? Well, why didn't this business work out like I thought it would? Well, why didn't this marriage last as long as I thought it would? Well, why didn't my best friends stay loyal like I thought they should? I don't know why it left, but I do know you can have something left. And Bartimaeus says, I, I don't know why I don't have eyes, but I do have a mouth. <laughs> and the Bible said, even though I can't see, I can holler. <laughs> it didn't say that, that's my Arkansas coming out, but... He said, I can't see him, but I can call for him. At some point, you're going to have to go, well, I don't have this, but I do have this. Well, I don't have the marriage I want, but I got the marriage I got, so maybe God can fix it. I I, I don't I don't have the house that I want, but I got somewhere to sleep at night, so maybe God is still on the on the move. I don't have the job that I wish I had, but I do got something to provide for my family. Maybe God can still take it. I don't have everything that I want, but I'm not concentrating on what I don't have. I'm gonna concentrate on what I do have. I'm gonna focus on what I have left, not who left. And I'm going to pick up all the pieces that I've got. All he had was a mouth and some ears. And he heard Jesus was coming. And he shouted with his mouth. You don't have to have eyes to get his attention. Concentrate on what you have left. And then number three. If you're going to experience life change. If the resurrection is going to be changing for you. You're going to have to. Decide I'm not going to be swayed by what everybody else thinks. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Everybody heard it was Jesus and they rebuked him and told him to be quiet. At some point, you're just going to have to say, I don't really care what you think. All I know is I need to get this together. I don't care how many times you discourage me. Some of you are going to have to tell your spouse, I don't really know why you don't want to go, but I'm going. I don't know why you don't want to go all in, but I'm going. I don't know why you don't want to get baptized, but I'm getting baptized. I don't know why you don't want to go to the growth track and say yes and become part. I don't know why you, but I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not letting anybody stop me. Jesus came by today, and he stopped, and I'm getting... I'm. Just, I just, need, I just need my sight. And so many people are worried about what they think and what they say. What would my mom say? What would dad say? What would they think? When you're blind and a beggar, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. Number four, lessons from a blind beggar today Number four, Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. In the ancient time that Bartimaeus lives, um, it is most common for families to discard a disabled child. If a child was born with a disability or malady, they would... Often, still in some parts of the East, they'll just literally abandon their children if if there's a deformity or disability that they just, for whatever reason, feel like it brings shame or whatever to their home, and and it's a horrific thing. As a matter of fact, we build a, an orphanage in the Philippines, and and it's full of children who were literally abandoned because of maybe a, a disability or or um, or a malady, and this is true in this time. And even though Mark doesn't give us the full story about. Bartimaeus, there's a lot of inference inside the, 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 the text there that it's more more likely than not that Bartimaeus has been blind since birth. It's more likely than not that he's been on the side of the road since birth. It's more likely than not that he was raised by other homeless people around a campfire, sleeping outside, never having a home, never having an Easter dinner, never having a home cooked Never having a dad to affirm him and a mom to hold him. More than likely, Timaeus was the kind of dad that told him, you're just not what I thought you would be. And so Bartimaeus lives his life thinking, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. I guess this is all it will ever be. I can see Bartimaeus in the same place I see all of us today, thinking, I guess this is never going to change. I'm sure there are days he lives thinking, this is just my life. This is just what I'm going to have to do. This is just how it's always going to be. And then Jesus comes by. And Bartimaeus sees his opportunity. And here's what I want to tell you. God hears the cries of desperate people. People who say... I don't really know what you're doing. I don't really know if it's time yet. I don't really know if, if, if this is appropriate. I don't even know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I just know this. I'm blind, and I heard you heal, and i got to have some help. All I know right now is I know Jesus is passing by, and I've got a broken marriage, and I don't know. It may be too far gone, but I'm going to give it my best shot. I don't have much left, but here's what I do got left, and I'm going to bring it to Jesus and take it to him and see what Jesus can do with it. Bartimaeus cries out in desperation. Listen. Sometimes you get to the bottom so you know that God's the only way out. And if you're in church today and you feel like, man, I don't think this is ever going to change. And I don't know how I got down here. I don't know why it's so rock bottom. The resurrection of Jesus gives you hope today. That he hears the cries of people who come from the wrong family. With all the wrong problems. All the world stacked against them. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. If you want to change, you can change today. Here's the last thing and we'll pray. I want you to follow Jesus when times turn good. Honestly, this is a message we built our whole church around. First time I've ever preached it, but these principles we built our church around, and that's this. You don't have to have it all together to come to God. Matter of fact, He specializes in broken, hurting people who feel like nothing's ever going to change. No perfect people are allowed at the foot of the cross. We built our church around the idea that you can cry out to God in desperation. It's why we worship like we do past. That's why you'll see people with tears down their eyes and their hands raised. Because in desperation, you can always go to God. We've built our church around you. You, you can concentrate on what I have left. You, it, it's always going to be that God has something better for me. That the best is yet to come. We built our whole church around it. And we built our church around this last thing. That following Jesus is more than an event. It's a journey. It's a series of next steps. It's you deciding on an Easter Sunday, you know what? I've been sitting over here too long. I've been sitting in this problem thinking it would never change too long. And I'm ready to follow. Bartimaeus gets healed immediately. Like that's the miracle. The miracle is that he gets healed. It he gets his eyes open. It gets his sight back. But the best part of the story is when he gets his sight back, verse 52 says, immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. And today, my simple invitation, if you want to know what the whole day is about, this is it. It's the only thing I'm asking from you. Everything else is for you. Your kids and Easter bunny and eggs and candy and donuts and pictures and worship and service and all of this, it's for you. I need one thing from you. I'm going to ask you to take a step towards Jesus. Just take a next step. You don't have to take 10 next steps. You don't have to get it all right. If he restores your eyes today, all I'm asking you to do is walk with him along the road. And I want to know about it. Because the greatest thing I get to do as a pastor, the greatest thing our church gets to do as a church, is to walk alongside people who are walking alongside Jesus, and I want to help you do that today. So grab that spiritual survey. Everybody in the room, take it out and take a look at the back. This is really the fun, the fun part of what we get to do. I love this part. We're almost done. In just a few minutes, we're going to give your kids a bunch of Red Bull and cotton candy. (laughs) I'm kind of kidding. I want you to look at the bottom, that backside. number three. Here's the next step. Some of you need to take the first step today and express your faith in Jesus by water baptism. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But if that's you, I want you to check that today. Some of you need to join a local church. I hope it's this one. But if it's not, I've always told you, if this isn't the church that you're going to go all in in, find the one you are and go all in. Like just put all the chips on the table. Go all in with God. Or or maybe you need a small group of people who walk alongside you. If, If we've learned anything over the last year, it's that it's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. We're not built for isolation. We're built for people. And so I'd love to walk alongside you. And then you see four things, A, B, C, and D. And this is where you get to make a decision. Now, we're not a church of kind of bait and switch. I I, I don't, I I just, I always want you to just decide in your heart. We talk about giving that way. Just decide in your heart and, and no pressure. And I'm not putting any pressure on you today except to take a step. And there's only four that I know of that everybody in the room. And whichever one you are, I want you to check that spiritual survey. And in a moment, when we leave our services, our ushers will be at the doors, and I want you to drop off that survey. It would be our honor to walk with you. Here's A. You say, Pastor, I'm already in a life-giving relationship with Jesus. That's A. If that's you, just select A. I'm already in a life-giving relationship. Now, understand all those words. I I didn't mean I got confirmed when I was 8, and now I'm 38, and I've never been back in church since. No, I'm I'm in a life-giving relationship like a passionate, like, I'm in a relationship with God. If that's you, I'd love it. we love to know all the Christians <laughs> that come to church here. Just like that. Now, B is the one that I think a lot of people need to do today. B is, I want to begin a real relationship with Jesus today. B is the one that I would tell Bartimaeus, hey, I know healing of your eyes is important. I know you think it's never going to change, but God could change it today. But when he does, I want you to begin a relationship with God today. I'm asking a whole bunch of people to either start a relationship with God or restart a relationship with God today. Let today be the day you begin or begin again. If you'll select B, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you a chance to start that relationship over in your heart and then, and then I'll give you some next steps about how you can move forward. But I want you to say, uh, that's me. See, I, I, I love these people who say, I'm still considering. Like it's, it's not a no, but I don't know yet. And here's the great thing about City Hills Church. You can come here to consider. Like You don't have to have it all together. Just keep coming back. Come back next week and consider it again. Come back the week after that and keep considering. As long as I can keep you coming and considering, we're, we're going in the right direction. Just I, I, I'm not ready. I know I need to. I still want to consider. And then the last one, I really, I really don't love to put this on there, but we've done it for the last five years, and it's important because I want you to know where you are spiritually. And it's D, and it says, I don't plan on making this decision. Like, I don't plan on following Jesus. I don't plan on none of this. And every year, there's one or two people who say, this is me. And I want to tell you emphatically, the moment we see that, our team, we pray for you. You, you. you may not want nobody to pray for you, but we do. We pray for you, and we're going to keep praying for you. And, the, and the, my favorite thing is when people select D, and then throughout the year, we're praying and believing and talking and inviting, and I see you back at church today. Because you may give up on God, but He never gives up on you. So wherever you are, I'm already in a relationship. I want to begin one today. I want to consider it. You know what? I don't think that's for me. I want you to select that on your card. I want you to bow your heads when you're done. I'll know you're done and we'll pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you today for presence of God. I felt all service long, really all day, both services filled with people celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. What a, what a testimony. Thank you for a church family that creates environments that are full of life and full of hope, full of victory, where people can find hope today. God, I, I just pray for people who feel stuck. Come on, keep your heads bowed. I pray for people who feel like it's never going to change that Jesus is passing by. And if it's you, I'm just asking you to maybe reach out and say, that's me. I, I, like, I need something from God today. Maybe it's physical healing like it was for Bartimaeus, but maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe it's a heart issue. Maybe it's something deep down. Maybe it's depression, anxiety, fear, worry. Maybe it's a broken heart. Maybe it's a marriage beyond repair. Maybe it's an addiction nobody knows about but you and God. Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, this next part's for everybody who checked B. I want to start today, or I want to start over today. And if that's you, we're all going to pray the same prayer, but nobody can pray this for you. It's got to come from your heart, from the depths of your soul. We're going to pray it out loud together. If you're ready to begin again, Say this, dear Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins, paying the price that I could have eternal life. I believe you were buried, and I believe God raised you from the dead. And I need a resurrection. So today I give you my whole life. I give you my sin, I give you my mistakes. I give you my past, I give you my future, my hopes, my dreams, all of me belongs to you. Save me today. Come on, say it like you mean it. Save me today. Be the Lord of my life. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout amen.